Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Jabs Across the Pond official podcast. I'm Robson, your host, and following my co-host is Jamie. Jamie, how are you doing, mate? Hello, not too bad, thank you. Thanks for getting this set up and getting this started. Finally, mate. Uh, more on my side than yours. You've been a few Jasper because anything, which has been a breath of fresh air for myself. I've been the one that's been a bit of a pain, but finally got round to it, which is, which is ideal. Uh, obviously, for all of you that don't know, um, me and Jamie run the Jabs Across the Pond uh, social media platforms. I take more a case of doing the Twitter side of things and Jamie handles more of the Facebook uh, side of things as well. So don't be hesitant in terms of just searching those up uh, here, here and there. Me and Jamie have discussed various things we want to discuss about uh, today in the podcast. Obviously, we did have a bit of a set agenda uh, at first, but obviously with everyone knows around the NFL, the Jags seem to be the talking point and uh, have a different story each day as it comes. So we've, we've kind of got around to what we want to really try and get across to you today and obviously give our opinions on certain things. But it's a bit of an interesting take, shall we say. Um, just to sum up the week, Jamie, so far, what do you think uh, to the week overall before we really get into it? Um, well, this week has been crazy. Um, like you just said there, um, plenty to talk about being a Jags fan. So um, right now, what we're trying to get across here is we originally were just going to try and discuss the whole of um, training camp and how everything's been going um, in this off-season, which has been a crazy off-season for everybody in the NFL. Um but with this last week alone, we can probably talk for days on ends about the ins and the outs. So it's been a crazy week. Um, I'm shocked with the news that's flying in every five minutes. It seems that everybody and any of every other NFL team are just staying quiet and just getting on with the day job, getting ready, getting ready for week one, which starts in um, just over a week's time. And there's us cutting people left, right and centre and lots of changes, and lots of people unhappy. So... Yeah, plenty to talk about. Yeah, so going straight into that, and obviously you just mentioned there the, the story a day sort of thing that the Jags are going through at the minute in terms of cutting people. Um, our biggest topic we want to really start with, mate, um, was obviously regarding our, our former running back, Leonard Fournette, uh, obviously going into his, his final contract year. Obviously, we declined the option earlier in the off-season. There was a lot of speculation around him saying that he'd be he'd be here for a while, but um as of this week, uh, the uh, the team went and put him on waivers. Uh, what was your immediate reaction to the Jacks waving Leonard Fournette? Honestly, straight away, wow. <laughs> yeah. Literally, wow was probably my first um, reaction, to be honest. Um, and then the, the next day, listening to the press conferences with um, Doug Marone and then the running back coach didn't really give me any insight, if I'm honest. Um, totally good, yeah. Neither of them... Um, would answer could answer any of the questions. They say it's not the not kind of their area, not their area is what they kept on saying. Um, and they never really gave us any re- insight. Um, but for me, the, what they did say was that Leonard Fournette didn't fit our scheme. Um, personally, I don't know how they can say that. Our first round pick in 2017, not fitting our scheme three years down the line is is just a crazy thing to say. Um, especially two weeks before the season starts. Um, talking about just Fournette, just in his career in, at the Jaguars, um, I appreciate he struggled in, with injury in 2018, so didn't kind of record the stats as much as he did in 2017 and 2019. Um, but talking last season alone, he um, rushed for over 1,100 yards. Um, he did only score three touchdowns, but he had more yards than what he had in the 2017 season. In 2017, he was the god. We, we, everyone was saying how great he was, how amazing he was. Um, and he even had more receiving, receiving yards last season 
He had over 500 yards receiving. Um, so I, I don't, I don't get where Doug Marone is coming from, saying he he no longer fits our scheme. It's it's just crazy, in my opinion. Yeah, mate, I totally agree with you. Obviously, the next question was going to be about the scheme and obviously how they've really come to that decision. Obviously, Hornets got a bit of a background, obviously, with uh, some off-the-field uh, incidents. Obviously, most memorable was in 2018 uh, against the Bills, which actually saw him have a bit of a, a spat with uh, Tom Coughlin at the time. Um, yeah. Do you really feel that it is more swaying towards an off-field issue or and, and they're just using the schematic as a bit of a cover? Because as I totally agree with you. Jay Gruden's come in as a new offensive coordinator. You've not had any preseason games. You've just gone up against what you've got in terms of scrimmages within, obviously, inter-club, uh, obviously, inter-team uh, training. Do you really think it's as easy as that to them to really diagnose saying, yeah, he doesn't fit our scheme for the future, we'll go with what we've got? Or do you think there's more to it in terms of off the field? There, there has to be more to it. Um, I don't know what there is more to it. Um, and I think with with the um, the coaches not, answering any questions and saying they can't answer the questions, it just goes to say that they're treading on um, thin ice, basically, on what they can yeah. and what they can't say. Um, yes, you've said, obviously, in 2018, he had a few issues and he had a couple of heat moments last season as well when he wasn't getting the ball as much, um, which I, I, I believe is a problem. Um, and if Jaguars were looking at changing their scheme slightly this year with um, having Minshew and him being um, the franchise QB, um, going to be passing the ball more. Our wide receiver class looking fantastic. So those are going to be receiving the ball a hell of a lot more. Um, I, I I can see him getting less snaps and pro- possibly not wanting that, especially in a contract year where he wants to kind of increase that highlight reel um, to either get that big deal with Jaguars at the end of the season or whether it was to potentially get himself a highlight reel for a contract elsewhere. Um, so personally, I, I believe it has to be behind the scenes. I've seen a few things on social media um, that the players um, requested that he was to go. However, I've then seen meetings and uh, more press conferences saying that the news was broke to the players by Leonard Fournette on the Monday morning. They thought it was all a big joke um, and they were totally shocked by that decision being made. So that there's a lot of stuff happening back there that we just don't know about. And I'd, I'd love to know and I think every Jaguars fan right now would love to know the answer um, to those questions, but I, I don't know what's going on back there. Yeah, as I say, with especially with Marone and Caldwell, especially, they're both, as you say, on a tightrope now uh, in terms of obviously last year, they were very close to losing their jobs. And just to, obviously just to touch on what you spoke about just there, um, yes, I do think that you really wanted to get on the field as much as possible. I did hear a few rumours that that Jay Gruden was trying to really utilise his uh, his running back room. But then on the flip side, I do know from some previous Jay Gruden tape that he does like to really um, use running backs effectively um, and especially really bolstering that O-line, making that as strong as possible. I thought the, the run game might be a big factor. Um, but on with that, obviously, that leaves us with, uh, obviously, mainstays in terms of Raquel Armstead and obviously Chris Thompson, who we brought in in free agency. Um, where do you think it really leaves us uh, in terms of a running game going into 2020? Um, I, well, it's going to be young. Um, obviously, except for Chris Thompson, um, it's going to be a um, pretty young side. Um, they they're going to be relying on the likes of Armstead and probably the second year, um, the second year player Azigbo as well. Um, yeah. I think it, it definitely shows that we will be using um, the aerial aerial attack a hell of a lot more than using the likes of the run game. It's probably going to be um, as 
they say in the NFL terms is kind of as a committee, which means probably just on a rotational basis, um, um, every single rep, every single snap, um, which is a good thing in some in some respects because yeah, yeah. There's, there's not a lot of tape out there from these guys, so um, a lot of opposition defense cannot won't, won't know how to kind of defend against it at, at first. So going into game week one, game week two, um, we could be playing something that is alien to our opposition's defences, to be honest. So that could be a real good thing. And I think that that one of those types of things is is really what made us key to have our um, our championship run in 2017, because people just didn't know how good our players were. And there wasn't that much tape out there from all of our team. Um, so we kind of played that underdog role and did as well as we did. So I'm not saying we're going to go out there this season and do what we did in 2017, but I think it could play as an advantage to us because people did start to learn um, what Leonard Fournette was about, what our O-line was doing to kind of block, um, allow Fournette to make a run. And that was evident in, obviously, the touchdowns he scored. Um, he struggled on numerous occasions to kind of punch it in from the one-yard line. Um, and that's because it was, it was kind of a bit predictable. So I, I am, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. I, I really, really am. Yeah, from that side of it, obviously... The franchise has had a lot of a lot of different things go wrong over the, the last decade, should we say, but most notably in the last 18 months to two years. So it will be interesting to see some young guys get a good opportunity um, and hopefully repave their way for the franchise in the coming in, in the coming weeks during the season. Moving that on though, I know that you especially wanted to really talk about the other big news that we had this uh, this week, obviously, uh, regarding our defensive end Yannick Ngokwe, or former defensive end obviously got traded to the Vikings I know you want to touch on a few questions in terms of that so you want to follow yeah. that I, I want to ask you some questions really so <laughs> not great. again another crazy situation um, played outstanding for us in the last two seasons um, recording um, numerous sacks numerous interceptions you know looking really really strong looking really good for us and then he wanted some money and Jaguars decided they didn't want to pay out. Um, and then he then held out of training camp um, and just wanted to trade away from us. Um, so my question to you is, what do you make of the deal at first? Do you think that Vikings underpaid for him and should we have got more out of him due to obviously the stats he recorded for us and how good of a player as he was? Or do you think we came out on top considering the situation? So my immediate reaction in terms of obviously the time that was that was left for this. I'd, like, I don't know if the, if the team were really trying to get anything together in terms of a, some sort of deal for him. Obviously, I know that he wanted top-tier money. I wanted yeah. to be around the Demarcus Lawrence range, which is again is a lot of money. But obviously, with our cap, our cap issues, I know that wasn't um, able to be agreed. Um, I really think that he kind of got caught at the wrong time. Obviously, he came in in 2016, and obviously, he's done really well ever since. Obviously, 37 and a half sacks for the team, um, and you know especially during that 2017 season, he really performed and really showed that he could be a stud, uh, um, obviously defensive end. But I think in terms of the conversation we got from from the Vikings, um, I think I think with the time, it was going to be the best we were going to get from them. Uh, obviously, take, I'd have took a second at minimum anyway, but um, I think getting that and obviously then a, um, a conditional fifth that could hopefully turn into a third, uh, all being well, was obviously a positive in that sense. Um, but obviously, with everything that went on, he made it. Uh, he was very vocal in terms of how he um, felt about the situation, especially on Twitter with the owner's son, uh, making it very public that he didn't want to be there anymore. And the fact that he took a pay cut 
to uh, to go to the Vikings uh, this year. I think he's on around twelve and a half million. Yeah, if he'd stayed on the, I think if he'd stayed on the tag with the Jaguars, he'd have been around 17, 18 million. So that just shows that he really didn't want to be there. And which other people have stated it's not a good position to be in at the moment, but no and doubt he's done really well for us. Um, I should say, like no doubt he's done really well for us over the last uh, three or four seasons, and um, he'll be missed in that sense. But um, end of the day, we've got to move on. I think the Jags are trying to change uh, change the face of the franchise and really go in a different direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think just just talking more on just kind of the Ngokwe deal. Um, obviously, he's signed on a one year for the Vikings, so one year deal. So he is definitely going to be going out to ball out this year. Um, we've got some previous obviously players, so the likes of Yarlan Ramsey. Obviously, congratulating him on Twitter um, and saying that he's now free. And also Leonard Fournette. That was kind of the day before Fournette was cut. Let go. Um, he, congr- he congratulated Ngokwe as well for his kind of move. So maybe that played a little bit in um, the decision to get rid of him as well. Um, I think Ngokwe can get paid if he does extremely well this year. Um, what do you think the... Um, so with that conditional fifth, what do you think that realistically is going to be for us? How well do you think Vikings are going to do with Ngokwe this year? Um, do you think that could make it up to the fourth? if he gets Pro Bowl or even the third, if they get to Super Bowl? Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, I think the Vikings know they're getting a Pro Bowl caliber player. And I know that that area for the Vikings is a big need. I know they lost a couple of players in free agency um, at that position. So bringing him in is a massive need. So I think as most of we're going to get is a fourth. Um, and I feel that, again, which isn't ideal because I know in, in the best world, we would have wanted to keep him or maybe get a first for him. But in terms of to get a second and maybe a fourth, I think is a, it's good going into next year's draft. And again, we get as much capital as possible to have, to work with in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that him and um, Josh Allen and um, Jay Song couldn't all work together as a three, you know. That would have been a three-headed monster to fear. And I think that would have put me in a very good uh, in a very good mood every Sunday when I see them take the fear for sure. Yeah. Uh, not I'll... taking them away from those two now, um, Jay Song and Josh Allen, because I think they're going to they're gonna ball out big time. But... So obviously moving on from that, uh, obviously, as people well know, um, we've had a couple of uh, obviously additions to the side, although we have quite a, um, a lot let go. Um, most notably, we've got Joe Schobert and obviously Tyler Eifert. Um, they're seen as two of the more experienced and the bigger players that we've signed um, in free agency. Uh, what do you think their sort of role will be going into the season? How do you think they'll help the, this very young team, as it seems? Yeah, so I did a little write-up on the um, Facebook page a few weeks ago about our, um, our linebacker class, and um, I briefly spoke about Joe Schobert. Um, I think what a great pickup that is. Um, Joe Schobert, coming from the Broncos, natural leader for us. Um, he pick, he's picked up a few interceptions from the middle linebacker position. Um, he He's just got a great eye for the ball. Um I listened to um, the DC and the defensive coordinator uh, a couple of days ago, just praising about how good he has been at camp. Um, said the first couple of days he um, struggled to kind of pick up the kind of terminology the Jaguars use, but once they kind of iron that out, he has just been doing fantastic. With the addition, obviously adding Joe Schober, it has allowed um, for Miles Jack to move back to his more natural position, 
um, which is obviously a weak side linebacker. And again, yesterday on Facebook, I posted a um, little post about Miles um, Jack, about how they were talking about his athleticism and um, how great he is um, kind of being back in his normal role. Because last year, uh, I think he'd be first to admit it himself, I, I think he struggled. He had a, um, a, lot of, a lot of pressure put onto him um, being made a captain after losing some big, big linebacker names yeah. uh, the season and then two seasons before. Um, and he he had a lot of weight put on his shoulders and I think it, it got to him, obviously, getting obviously ejected from one of the games last season. Um, obviously, he wasn't great for us. And obviously, then the little injury that he had also. Um, so, Joe Schobert coming into this team is, is just going to do a world of good for that linebacker class. Um, hopefully, help stop um, opposition run game um, because that is uh, that was our biggest downfall last year. Um, I, I I can see him doing some really really good things um, for us. Then you met, you briefly mentioned um, Tyler Eifert as well. Yeah. Again, another another big signing in my opinion. Um, Waning at height of obviously six foot six, he is quite a nice high target um, for Minshew to um, to kind of throw the ball to him on those dump offs, which Fournette probably received a hell of a lot of those last season. Um, to kind of get him out of trouble when kind of the O-line collapsed and stuff. Um, so having him as a big open target will be great for um, for Minshew's confidence and also for the team because we it's a, it's a position we've naturally struggled on quite a lot, um, the tight end position. So um, it's quite a big um, quite a big position to kind of go up and take. Um, I thought our conversation would be talking about Josh Oliver coming in and totally um, agree. That's where I was going to go to. Yeah. yeah, we were, um, we, we'd seen him at the beginning of training camp. Uh, he looked big. He looked ready to go. Um, and now obviously he picked up this injury um, and he's now out for the season. He's been put on injury reserved. And we've got um, O'Shaughnessy coming back, um, which again is another great thing for us. So it's exactly what we need. Um, Tyler Eifert and O'Shaughnessy um, are going to be really good for us um, at the tight end position. I think they're probably our two biggest ins that have come in um, in this off season, and a couple of positive things to really talk about. Yeah, along with that, mate. Um, as as I say, going back onto the tight ends, bringing Tyler Eifert in, and along with Oliver, if he was fit, I was really looking forward to that uh, that little yeah. trio. Obviously, him, O'Shaughnessy, um, and um, obviously Eifert, because um, I know that Jay Gruden likes to play a lot of uh, three tight end sets. Yeah, and we could have seen them on the field along. Along with each other, I know there. I know Oliver's blocking was questioned a few times, but obviously I, I heard over camp he was improving, and especially in the off season. O'Shaughnessy built up a really good relationship before he got hurt last year with Minshew, and obviously Minshew's come out in the press and spoke about that and said that he's really, really enjoying that he's back. And again, Tyler Eifert, he's bringing bags and bags of knowledge to not only a bit of an experienced tight end room, but an inexperienced offense in terms yeah. of what we've got there. And I think he could really, really help, especially uh, given us our QB, um, a lot of help, especially in the red zone, because that's one area that we really, really have struggled in. Uh, But obviously, in terms of those ins, there always has to be some outs. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, two of the biggest ones I wanted to touch on with you was uh, obviously the uh, the two big trades, effectively, in the off-season, one being Calais Campbell and uh, other being AJ Boye. Just to start off, as overall, um, how big a miss are those two going to be to that Jacksonville defence? Just mentioning Campbell going out brings a tear to the eye. If I'm honest, <laughs> <laughs> what, what a great, what a great leader he was for us. 
Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him. He came over to London um, a few seasons ago, um, managed to get pitch taken with him and just have a quick chat with him. He he was just such a great guy. He um, had a calming aura about him, um, a good natural leader, and it, he, he was just so strong on that line. Um, yeah. I don't know what we would have done over these uh, multiple years without the likes of Campbell um, on that D-line. Um, I'm, I'm just, he's just such a huge miss. Um, massive pickup for the Ravens. Um, really, really is a big pickup. And if we'd kept Campbell just for this one more season, I think he would have just taught our rookies so, so much. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of gutted he went when he went. Um, maybe if we knew what these last three, four weeks would have done, if, if we knew this was coming, maybe they wouldn't have looked at getting rid of Campbell um, when they did because he was one of the first out, wasn't he, really? And um, start, Yeah, start for agency, definitely. Yeah, it was to obviously free up some cap space, which is what we needed because we were quite high. And obviously he is, um, he is a high high-paid player. So um, I am totally gutted about Campbell going and, yeah, a massive loss for the team. I just hope our D-line um, can really, really um, step up now without in there um, and hopefully stop the run a bit better as well this season. Um, then moving on to Boye, um, again, another big loss. Um, he was a part of the, the 2017 amazing duo, Ramsey and Boye. Um Again, he would have been a great, um, a great leader um, for our new uh, secondary and our CBs coming into us. So looking after CJ Henderson and all our other rookies and stuff that have come in this season. Um, so I think it is another big loss for the team that Boye has kind of left, left us basically. So uh, I don't know what, what, what's your thoughts on those, those two leaving? Yeah, so Campbell, you say, uh, it's, um, it's a tough one to take because since he came to Jacksonville, He's been nothing but a pleasure to watch and obviously to hear about in the press how not only the stuff he did on the field for the team, but especially in the community and other other podcasts I've been on, especially with the Believe in the Jags podcast, um, they were very complimentary of how he conducted himself throughout the community and was really making himself known around the community and doing as much as he could to help out, which I know that caught on to a lot of Jags fans and made him a big fan's favourite immediately. Um, yeah. Onto the field, I know it's a, it's a massive loss, especially against the run. Um, I know that we could take a bit of a hit with it obviously against the run this year because obviously he was the stronger out of uh, him and Ngokwe against the run and he had more product, uh, productivity getting to the back third and really stopping the running back and getting any, any positive yardage. Um, and I think we will struggle there. But I think the year that he had with Josh Allen and the year that Josh Allen showed us last year, I think taking all the knowledge that he did from Campbell would be invaluable. And I'm, I'm, I'm open, as you stated earlier on, that him and Cable and Chase on can really use all that knowledge that Allen's built up from Campbell and hopefully they can make it a success but in terms of a greedy point of view I'd love to go and see Campbell make it all the way with the Ravens I think someone that really deserves to go and win a Lombardi um, and it's really sad to see him go and obviously then along with Boye um, again another massive miss uh, been really productive obviously him and Ramsey were a part of that duo in 2017 and obviously then since then he's been really productive ever since really suits our our scheme under Todd Walsh in terms of the cover three scheme in terms of the Seattle scheme we run um and he was really, really good in that way and really effective at shutting down these wide receivers. And I think that would be a big miss. But I know that Denver is quite close to him, I think. And obviously, then going there makes him a bit more comfortable fit for him. And at the end of the day, although we probably didn't want to do it, if you look back on it now, but it has freed up a lot of room for us in the cap and obviously makes us be put in a better position for next year in terms of, obviously, uh, free agency when it does come around. Yeah. 
Um, one one final point, Bobby, to say on um, Campbell, which it's, it's so great for a player to go and still um, sing the praises of Jaguars, which yeah. <laughs> all the other players are not doing at the moment. So <laughs> that shows just how much how much of a gent that guy is. Um, and I think he was genuinely gutted um, that he he's not spending a further year, two years, or even ending his career at the Jaguars. Um, I think it was the right thing for him to go, like you said as well, um, to, to have a better shot at potentially winning a Super Bowl or going all the way. Um, I think it was the right thing for him to potentially go just to get that pinnacle in his career and just to get the awards he deserves, really. As I say, yeah, I totally agree in that aspect. And it's it's had to see him go, but we wish him all the best, obviously, from the Jags across the pond. And hopefully, yeah. he can hopefully bring home Lombardi sneakily for us guys. Um, I know yeah. you wanted to touch on a few more points if you want to get those across. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, we've briefly mentioned um, some of the key rookies, um, but I, I think now is the right time to really get into the depths of the rookies that we've taken on. So um, 25 out of 80 of our players are rookies this year. So that's a high percentage. Obviously, that is going to get cut down to 53 in the coming days. Um, we drafted 12 guys in this year's draft, which is huge. Obviously, two first-round picks um, and many, many more early-round picks also. Um, so what I want, want to know, obviously, because I know you've been analysing training camp, I've been reviewing training camp also, um, but who's impressed you the most this off-season and who you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, so as you say, the 12 picks, we, we didn't really have a shortage of people to, to talk about and have a look at during training camp. We were sport for choice, really. Um, in terms of this, um, overall, I thought, in terms of the Jags, well, I thought we drafted very well. Um, I think me, like others, thought we may see a lot of movement with 12 picks. That's a lot of capital to carry in a draft. And I thought we may see some uh, some movement up and down the board. But obviously, Dave Carwell and Doug Ryan didn't really see anything they liked uh, moving up in terms of the conversation to give over for that pick. Um, but overall, I thought we did really well uh, in the first round, grabbing CJ Henderson and Caleb on chase on. In terms of how it's all panned out, we've lost two of our biggest players, one being at corner and one being obviously a defensive end, and we filled that need quite nicely. Um, but one, and obviously then into the wide receiver to this add more depth, obviously, is, is obviously uh, LaVisca Chenault, um, a versatile running back, um, uh, sorry, wide receiver. Um, he can add a different element to the offence, and uh, I've heard good reports about him. But one person I really am excited about is our third-round pick, um, defensive tackle Davon Hamilton from my, yeah. of the Ohio State. I've heard really, really good things about him uh, in training camp. All I've heard is positive in terms of how he's improved. He's really grasped uh, the position. And obviously, I thought he'd have a bit more protection around him. Obviously, we brought in Al Woods and obviously Rodney Gunter. Experienced heads to being around him, obviously ease him in. But obviously, with obviously the coronavirus and obviously just obviously retirements as well, that's obviously put a bit of a dampener on that so obviously Devin Hammond's going to be tripped into the deep end and I think that he's needed to have a good camp because of that and obviously everything that I've read and obviously reports that I've seen I can't really fault in terms of what he's done he's been really productive any clips that I've seen he seems to be making it really really difficult for those interior linemen uh, to really handle and hoping that he can be a big part of hopefully um, stopping that that horrible run defence that we seem to have last year and hopefully starting to hopefully show signs of plugging that uh, in there. Along with that, as we go down the list, obviously, we've got Ben Barch, offensive tackle, um, who was more renowned for his smoothie making during the, the combine <laughs> and the draft. And yeah, that was quite questionable at times. I don't know about you, but um, overall, again, 
there was a lot of rumours going around that he'd be coming in as a tackle uh, against Robinson and Taylor, or he'd be going in at guard um, to give some fight to AJ Cannon Norwell. Um, I've really heard good things about him, obviously. Very athletic guy, former tight end back in high school. Um, so athleticism isn't an issue for him. Um, and I think he'll fit in along there on that um, on that offensive line. Um, and obviously, the end, in terms of the offensive side of the ball as well, going into that, uh, Colin Johnson, our uh, well, one of our fifth-round picks, uh, wide receiver out of Texas. Um, I know Phil Smith from the Believe in the Jags podcast, obviously he's a, Tex- uh, he's a Texas fan, but he is very, very um, happy with this pick. And obviously looking at the tape myself, I can't see why not. He's a big-body receiver, um, 6'6", massive size. And I think he will really give us an advantage, especially in those short-yarded situations that we really do struggle on normally in terms of those third and two, third and three situations where we couldn't really get over the line with a run. So the pass is key, uh, but especially also in the red zone. Um, as I said, we mentioned earlier on, Tyler Eifert was a, um, a big signing for us in that aspect. But I think obviously a big body receiver is what we've really missed. Um, and he really suits that big physical presence and really hopefully will um, show some tough signs for these defensive backs against him. But as you say, overall, I'm really happy with that draft class in terms of how it panned out. In terms of obviously all this COVID situation, I think with every rookie, it's a level playing field. None of them have got any time to go on against other opposition and really show what they're about. Um, so I think it's really going to be hard to tell just from the training field. But I'm just really hoping that all the rookies really get a good shot. As you say, they're going to get cut down tomorrow, uh, we think. So it'd be interesting to see who's still there. But I have utmost confidence in everyone that we picked hopefully make and obviously stamp their mark on the team. Yeah, so six foot six wide receiver is insane. And I've seen, um, I've seen one of the pictures of his, of his one-handed catches. Um, yeah, the guy freaky. Yeah, yeah they, they look great. And again, just talk about Chenault. So Chenault and Colin Johnson, I really hope they both, they both make it um, into the 53-man roster because they both look like animals coming in at such a young age. They, they don't look like they're rookies. They're not looking no, no, not like it's, no. it's it's really really um, putting some pressure on the likes of um, obviously Westbrook, Chris Conley, and Keelan Cole. So we know DJ Chark is a given. There's no way. Well, I don't know at the moment the Jaguars, but there, there should be no way that um, DJ Chark is obviously going to be going to be dropped anytime soon. So I think there is actually talks that we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna have seven wide receivers in our roster, which which is big, which is a big big number, which might might mean that we have to utilize one or two of them on obviously special teams and stuff as well. Um, so they might play a big, big part of that also. Um, but talking about obviously rookies, obviously you've mentioned it, it, it is a crazy year. Um, obviously with COVID, um, it really has um, taken a step back on everything. Um, so I, I personally feel sorry for the rookies this year, but then the rookies, yeah, so the rookies see it as a positive. Um, do you think they're going to struggle to adjust to the NFL in the first game or two as they've not had a normal rookie camp this season. So what they've naturally had in the past, they have kind of a rookie camp where they kind of get used to it as a team of rookies. And then they then kind of meet the kind of the team and the players normally a week or so in. Um, and then obviously then they have the preseason um, kind of friendlies. So the preseason games, they're obviously normally scheduled for four, um, which then would have got them the right reps, the right snaps they needed to kind of, climatise into the NFL but unfortunately these guys are going to be straight in week one against the Colts 
Um, how do you think they're going to? How do you think they're going to cope? Um, do you think they're going to adjust straight away? All of them, some of them, or? Yeah. So, I think my point of view, obviously, you've played the sport, and obviously, I've dabbled in it a little bit as well. I know that most of these players are probably very hand-on in terms of how they want to be taught, how they want to understand uh, different schemes. Obviously, a lot of them are coming into, as you say, the unknown. They're coming into a obviously a different breed of, of football, which they might have played back in college. So this is the pros. This is this is a different level. So really, from the draft, you really want to get straight into into rookie mini camp and really sink your teeth into everything as quickly as possible. And then obviously, as you say, have that run of those four preseason games and training camp to really show what you're about and obviously make sure that you put your your stamp on the situations and obviously when and how they come and make every rep count. But as you say, with the COVID being restricted to training in-house, just active scrimmages against offence versus defence, it's been very difficult to do that. I think overall, as I said before, the whole league's going to struggle in terms of rookies and obviously any new players to any new team. Um, so I think there could be a slow start in that sense. But we as a franchise probably will struggle a little bit more because you say we're going to have a massive handful of rookies on our side or especially just one-year experience so that's going to be really tricky. So if they can just do what they can, obviously taking what they've obviously been taught in these meetings, obviously into their Zoom meetings and on the practice field, they can just do what they can. I think as a collective unit, there is that that massive unity there that they want to work as a team. Everyone's talking about, oh yeah, we're tanking now. We're not going to have much success. Uh, but I think they're really going to try and stick together and, and hopefully come out of it stronger for it. Um, and then hopefully later in the year, we might have some good signs of positive play that we can really talk about and hopefully go into 2024 uh, with a smile on our face. Yeah, I, I'm gutted to hear that, like to hear that the whole the tanking and the, I'm not going to name a specific player we're potentially tanking for. But I, yeah. I don't like doing that because I feel sorry for I feel sorry for the guys coming in and um, that people maybe that don't want to hear that. And that makes them not want to kind of be there, not wanting to play like. Well, what's the point in trying if everybody's saying, oh, we're, we're going out to lose to, to tank for a specific player next season? I, th- I just think it's it's so negative and I, I think it's just going to have a negative effect on all of our rookies and even the second year players, third year players, it's going to affect all of them. It's, it's not nice. Um, obviously, Browns went through this a couple of seasons ago and they're kind of coming out the end of it now, but it, it's not nice to hear that we're tanking to go out and lose 16 games. That's not what our fans should be doing and what we should be saying. We should really be kind of sticking together on this and trusting what we're hearing from training camp, trusting what we're seeing from the stats and stuff and just going open-minded to week one against the Colts. And I think we can go out and shock a few people. I don't care about the power rankings. I I really do not care. I'm I'm glad we're down there on those power rankings because we're going in as true underdogs. Like at the moment, we've got nothing to lose with that. So um, I, I, I think... I just think everybody needs to stop on the, the, the tanking kind of situation. Just let these boys go out and play. It's just adding more and more pressure to these rookies. Yeah, as I said, I totally agree with that. Um, can't argue at all. All the tanking talk is, is very hurtful for the side, obviously. And it's not a good position to be in. It's not, it's not good to look at either. But obviously, I can see why people do think that. Because obviously, everything that's going on within the franchise at the moment uh, mm. does seem to be going towards that. But in terms of everything that we wanted to cover today, that's... That's the wrap-up of the episode there. Just to give you a preview, obviously, what we're going to talk about next time. Um, as of then, which we, as of day recorded Thursday, we think tomorrow, Friday, they're going to be announcing the 53-man roster. So me and Jamie are going to try and dive into that and take our, our picks in terms of what we think is good, what we think is bad. 
well, can we improve? Maybe can we do any trades or anything with the capital? We've got to bring some additions where we might need them. And also have a little look at our preview to week one against the Colts. Don't forget to follow us on social media platforms. Obviously, if you're on Twitter, uh, if you can find us at Jags Cross the Pond, which is at JaguarsGB, or to find the Facebook page, just uh, to search in the top bar, Jags Across the Pond. That's where you'll find all of our updates, exclusive content from me and Jamie, and hopefully uh, give you as much info regarding the franchise as possible. Jamie, thanks for today, mate. First episode in the bag. Very relieved. Finally got over the line and hopefully on and upwards from here. No, it's great. Finally, it's great to actually hear your voice for the first yeah. time. It's quite a while now, um, for probably the last month or so, and not actually spoke to each other um, over Skype or anything. So it's really, really good to get stuck into this. Only fans that would do it is Jags fans, I'll tell you that much, mate. But yeah, again, thank you for your time. Thanks everyone for listening. And be sure to check us out next time.